Hey guys. Oh my god. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> hey guys. <laughs> Hello. Hi guys. Uh, welcome to Bring Your Own, a catch-all bookish most of the time podcast. I'm Brandy. I'm Kendra. I'm Kayla. Today is our first installment of Defend a Book. Our taste as the three of us is almost always in line. Like if even if we don't love everything the other two love, we usually like it. There are very, very few rare cases where we're just not a fan of something that somebody else loves. So for this series, each of us will be defending a book that the other two read because of us and was not a fan of. So our first pick today is... How to Pick in Hollywood by Ava Wilder, which... I will be defending because these two ladies over here just think it's like the worst book ever. And that is astounding to me. So that is so dramatic. Factually incorrect. Well, that's how it feels. But before we jump in, what are you guys reading? What are you guys drinking? I am just drinking water right now, but I did have a iced chai just a little bit ago because it's still the morning and it was delish. Mm. Um, Currently, I'm not actually reading anything new i'm listening to daisy hates the audiobook re-listening i am like 40 percent through right now um and right now i'm having a great time because so far i'm mm. not at the painful parts so um it's going great I-, I also listened to chapter uh 25 earlier this morning which if you have read the book then you probably know it was it made me laugh it made me laugh it's the italy chapter so that was that was a good time. And I, I did just finish though, like like I said, I'm not physically reading anything new, but I did just finish The Ballad of Never After by Stephanie Garber, that series. And it was very good. It was very painful. I wasn't expecting it to be like so sad. But the next book comes out in October and I'm very excited. I'm really on my fantasy kick this year, you guys. It's been fun. It's been fun. As you should. Say. I am currently drinking lemon water. Oh my God, wow. ASMR. Love that. Yeah, I was going to make a coffee this morning, but all my cups are dirty. No to blame but myself. I'm having some water one. instead. It's crazy. I started the dishwasher before I oh, realized okay. that everything was okay, okay, dirty, okay. Kayla okay. Ann. All right, fair, fair. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah got some lemon water i am currently listening to a lady of light and shadows which is book two in the tear and soul series by cl wilson which is also a fantasy series cl wilson is my queen of like great stories and ugly ass covers like the covers for this series are some of the most heinous covers i've ever seen in my life but i'm liking the story so far yeah and then i am physically reading out on a limb by hannah bonham young yeah so excited uh i love it i read like 35 percent of it last night in one sitting so i'll probably finish it today it's a very soft book like i feel warm thinking about it and like because you said that and like i like you also said like it's low stakes in the best way Mm -hmm. like it just feels so sweet and gentle i wasn't expecting it to be so funny i don't know why it's i just was like oh i was just so ready for like a tender soft book which it is but it's still like actually so funny like Mm -hmm. win and bow are so funny so i'm loving it Yay. I am drinking um, matcha this morning and it's very good. I went to, I got up and went to Starbucks and then I'm also listening to Daisy Hates, but I'm not as far as Kayla. I'm actually been taking my time. I didn't 
expect I didn't expect this book to like piss me off so bad like in the <laughs> beginning and you know I figured it out it's because like don't shoot me Brandy oh my gosh it's the guy who does Christian's voice is just a little too good at like his accent to where like everything Christian says is like right like it's just right on and you know Christian just says some dumb shit sometimes to where I'm just like I get like a it's like a visceral reaction in me I'm like oh my god but yeah. he's like doing such like the actor that they got for him is so good like his just yeah. the way he speaks I'm like actually I think he's the best he might be the best narrator out of the entire really? um I would think so well him and Ella the girl who does Magnolia mm-hmm. I think are like the top two and narrators I would say he sounds he, I compare him to he sounds his accent specifically and I mean a little bit his voice too in general sounds like Jamie, Jamie Tart from Ted Lasso yeah like the way that he says uh like fucking he's like Are you fucking kidding me <laughs> it's so funny it yeah. cracks me up every time oh, I just I forgot I I have to go a long way with Christian like I do love him yeah. so much but like the beginning of this book like he makes me want to scream sometimes no but like that's so fair I like I have such crazy blinders on because every character in the series mm-hmm. makes me want to pull my hair out at different times yeah. but Christian I'm like oh, you guys uh, he comes so <laughs> you know, far like think about his journey last night Kendra uh, and I were ranking the MPU men since we're both listening to it. And I, first of all, Julian was my number one, but I tied BJ and Christian at two. Ew. Uh, oh, I thought you would be proud of me, like, Brandy. I was I like, I was like, that's so definitely proud. a choice. You know, but listen though, the only reason that I ranked, like, because normally I would rank BJ a little higher than Christian, but, 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 Brandy, hang on a minute. <laughs> Who but are I was you? Like, <laughs> but I was like, but. The, the thing is, is like Christian and Daisy hates too. I was like, name me one bad thing that he did. Like one bad thing. And then I and did. Kendra did name one thing, but it was a thought. It wasn't something he actually. It was like a thought. Yeah. Said. But it was like a dumb thought. And I was like, was why are you thinking thought. of this? But, but the rest. <laughs> the lips. Yes. Mouth. He's yeah. like, oh yeah, Magnolia has the best mouth. And I'm like, Christian. like oh, Second best mouth. Second best mouth. <laughs> but I'm like, Christian. Think about what got you in trouble in the first book. Think about it. Think about it. But okay, so yeah, I'm anyway. I'm listening to Daisy Hates Too, and I'm not physically reading anything. I've been, I just finished rewatching High Met. Not rewatching. I got caught up on High Met Your Father season two, and I'm like one thing away from rewatching all of High Met Your Mother. I literally have to like restrain <laughs> myself because like once I start, I cannot stop until I finish the whole thing. Um, so I'm holding on. Yeah, don't do it. That's too long is it eh, they're like 20 like minute episodes right yeah it's only nine seasons it's like 100 almost 200 episodes i can do it it's like one of my favorite guys it's so good and it's like very it's super romantic and i think that's why i love it so much because like so much of it is focused on like the romance and not just like the antics and it's just a great show i mean it has not Are aged well i want to say that um no but i am a fan of the last season which is an unpopular opinion i think the last season is like how i met your mother at it it's like some of its best it's hilarious the ending episode i don't know what what they were doing but i like the alternate ending that is on youtube <laughs> ladies and gentlemen <That's> cute. <laughs> you should be scared i feel like the confidence level should be opposite I know. like kendra should be scared but kayla and i are scared so today as previously mentioned Kendra will be defending How to Fake It in Hollywood by Ava Wilder. All three of us have read this book. Kendra was the first one to read it. Mm-hmm. I was. Like your first book of the year, right? It wasn't my first book of the year. It was, it was one of them. It was the first 
I think it was like book number five for me this year. And it was the first um, contemporary romance book that I gave five stars this year. Okay. And then, of course, Kayla and I read it right after. Mm -hmm. Once once Kendra read it, of course, she was like, oh, my God, this book was amazing, amazing. I think you'd really like it. You should read it. And so I went on to Libby and they had the audiobook available immediately. So I listened to the audiobook. It's narrated by Andrew Eden, a.k.a. Teddy Hamilton. Boo. And (laughs) who and who is the female narrator? The female narrator is good. Teresa. oh is it oh rose calloway rose calloway yeah (laughs) um female narrator she's great teddy is like okay okay yeah um teddy is okay kinder hates him i don't hate him but he's just like fine so i read it you know or listened to it rather i guess you should say and yeah i initially i told kendra i gave it five or not five stars four stars 4.25 maybe and then brandy read it shortly after and I, I can't really remember audio. what you, yeah you listened to it too and I can't remember if it was like just you posted it on your tracker and didn't say anything but I was like Brandy truthfully tell me what your rating was like be be honest and she was and like, I gave that book a swift 3.75 <laughs> yeah and I was like yeah if I'm honest I think I would ma- ma- put take it down to probably the similar rating yeah I want to say right here that Brandy and I I might have said this last week or I don't know so this is a repeat I'm sorry but Brandy and I got lunch dinner like a month ago and we're talking about how to pick it in hollywood and she's like oh my god i gave it the same rating that i gave powerless you guys brandy literally hated powerless so much like she would not shut up about how much she hated it like she hated that book and so for her to sit there and insult me by saying oh i gave it the same rating i gave powerless like like that was supposed to make it it better that was like wild to me i was like whoa i didn't know you hated it that much okay no 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 so like I you have to think about how much I hate Powerless in relation to the other Chestnut Springs books books. Mm -hmm. on its own. If that book didn't exist in the Chestnut Springs universe, I probably would have rated it higher. So I feel like saying you would have rated that book higher if it did not exist. Brandy, it had everything you hate it. You don't like unrequited love. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the whole time we were reading it when we were in California, you were struggling. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't hate that book is what I'm trying to say. Like okay, I okay. Yeah. sorry, being I don't hate yeah. either of that. I don't think I liked I either of them very much. I I don't yeah, I don't I don't hate this book by any means. Kendra, we're just really dramatic about books that we love. And so if we also don't love them at the same level, the other is automatically like, oh, so you hate it. Yeah, and if like hate me. Th- yeah. Yeah, you guys do hate me. Um <laughs> And, like, I, this happens a lot, though, when I read books, and it's not just with you guys. Like, it's people that, like, just follow me and, like, I talk to regularly is that, like, when I love something, I mm-hmm. beat it into the ground. Um, and this happens to me, too. Like, when you see someone, like, raving about something, like, you're going to go in with, like, such high expectations. Um, and so then, like, you know, it, it gets ruined for people. But Whereas, like, I went into this book with no expectations, right? Like, I knew almost nothing. Whereas, like, you guys didn't get that because I was in your guys' ear being like, it's so good, like, da-da-da-da-da. So, like, I don't know. It just sucks, but yeah, that, that, that. it and, sucks that that happened, but oh well. And, I mean, we, like we said before, Brandy and I also listened to it. Um, mm-hmm. And there has been instances where – You know, I've wondered if I would have liked a book better had I physically read it versus listening to it. You know, I the same thing happened with Kendra with Two Wrongs Make a Right. Like she listened to it. I physically read it and I loved that book. 
Kendra was like, eh, about that book. So, yeah. you know, it makes you wonder. It makes you wonder how much, like, a good narrator actually plays into it. I don't hate Teddy Hamilton the same I don't way hate that Kendra either. hates Teddy Hamilton. I don't either. Yeah, I, I just I don't, feel like... But he's not, like, at my top. Like, nowhere near my top. I don't think he has the capability for me to make or break a book. And I love Teresa Plummer. So, mm, great. I don't think it was the audio for me. I just think Teddy Hamilton, why would I want to hear that little country ass twang for Ethan when Ethan's from New York City and has been living in LA for the past twenty years? Where's that country twang coming from? You know, you know what's actually so funny? I don't I don't know what you're talking about either. You don't hear like I know he has a distinct way of talking, but like when I think country twang. Yeah. No, okay. It's like it's very it's very light. It's like a light like you know Kimmy did it really good when she sent us a voicemail and she was like, Chapter one. Like He sounds after okay. what? That's so funny. Oh my god. I was trying to explain this to somebody that like one of my favorite pastimes is imitating narrators in our group chats that we have. Like when Kayla and I were listening to the Devil series, we just kept going back and forth with Samantha Brentmore. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she ha- yeah, she has very distinct ways of saying things. I it's love her. So funny. She's so good. A couple of months ago, Jared and I were in Yosemite and I was like, let's listen to an audiobook. And so I put on like a thriller audiobook by uh an author that I had previously read and loved and the narrator was Teddy Hamilton and Jared could not stop laughing. He really? was clowning on him the whole time. He hated it. Now to be mm-hmm. fair, the guy that was in the audiobook was sort of like a, he, he like owned a ranch in Wyoming or something like that. So he did purposefully have like a little mm-hmm. bit of an accent and Jared could not stop laughing. Mm-hmm. He was like, what is this? He hated it. Jared and I seeing eye to eye on something, love. Yeah, but the thing is, if I put on any audiobook, Jared is going to find a way to make fun of it. If I put on Zachary Weber, Jason Clark, Connor Craze, whoever, he would find a way to beat them to the ground. You just got to be mean back. I know. It's just so like, funny, though. You... It makes me laugh. <laughs> you're so you dirty talk. Like, you dirty talk. I'd, be, I'd be i'd be pissed off like you're like oh it's so funny i'm like no stop yeah. okay well court is now in session to start i the defense will be reading the synopsis of the book um that can be found on the back mm-hmm. of the book and on amazon where i am reading this from mm-hmm. <clears throat> The book On the Sand on Trial is How to Fake It in Hollywood by Ava Wilder. It is her debut. And the description goes, Gray Brooks is on a mission to keep her career afloat now that the end of her long-running teen TV show, Think Like Riverdale, has her unsuccessfully pounding the pavement again. With a life-changing role on the line, she's finally desperate enough to agree to her publicist's scheme, fake a love affair with a disgraced Hollywood heartthrob who needs the publicity, but for very different reasons. Ethan Atkins just wants to be left alone. Between his high-profile divorce, struggles with drinking and grief over the death of his longtime creative partner and best friend, Ethan has slowly let himself fade into the background. But if he ever wants to produce the last movie he and his partner wrote together, Ethan needs to clean up his reputation and step back into the spotlight. A gossip-inducing affair with a gorgeous actress might just be the ticket, even if it's the last thing he wants to do. Though their juicy public relationship is less than perfect behind the scenes, it doesn't take long before Gray and Ethan's sizzling chemistry starts to feel more than just an act. Wait, starts to feel, wait, what? Starts to feel like more than just an act. (laughs) But after decades in a ruthless industry that requires bulletproof emotional armor to survive, are are they too used to faking it 
to open themselves up to a real thing. I swear to God, I know how to read. That is the description of How to Fake It in Hollywood by Ava Wilder. Now, Brandy, what are the crimes that this book is being accused of, if you will? Yes. um, So the defendant is being accused of (laughs) being forgettable as a whole. Ethan being a deadbeat dad. And the characters having a lack of chemistry and personality. That's wild. Okay. Yeah. So the defense today, obviously, is Kendra. And the prosecution is Brandy and myself. Mm -hmm. Now, as uh, is normal in a court of law, we have our opening statements prepared. And I will go ahead and read the opening statement for the defense for my colleague, Brandy. You mean for the prosecution? Oh, you're reading it for me. Oh, whoops. Just kidding. I am a professional lawyer and I am reading the prosecution's opening statement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> Have you read this yet, Kendra? I did read it. Oh, you're such a liar. Okay. Today, my colleague and I will convince you by the end of this episode that How to Fake It in Hollywood is just an okay, at best, book. The book, while having a strong premise, fails to deliver on a lot of fronts. For one, the book is forgettable. My colleague and I even had a hard time remembering certain plot points in preparation for this episode. It was that forgettable. Ethan Gray's lack of chemistry begs the question, why are they together again? Why do they love each other? We actually cannot name one facet of their personalities. Was Gray outgoing? Was Ethan funny? We don't know. The pacing of this book was off, and we are told important things that happen, but why aren't we shown? As a reader, it's hard to accept character development when we don't actually get to see it happen. Overall, How to Fake It in Hollywood is not the book of the year that the defense claims it is. We look forward to proving that to you today. Thank you. That was definitely a statement. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, Worked really hard on it. (laughs) So a few things. Um, Let's start with something you said towards the end of me saying book of the year. I never said this was book of the year. It is one of my favorite books of the year. It's definitely in the top 10. So to say that this was the book of the year that I said that is factually inaccurate. Um, So let's start there. (laughs) Since my colleagues claim that this book is so forgettable... I don't know those those brains. They they are a little older than me, so maybe they just have (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) trouble remembering. Low blow. Objection. Irrelevant. Sorry, you're right. Their age is not relevant. I will take it back. I will help you help you remember some key things. But let's start with Ethan and Gray. Could you guys say they don't have a personality, which I think is really funny to me. Um, Gray, I would describe, she's like 27, about to be 28. We actually see her celebrate a birthday in this, which leads to one of my favorite moments in the entire book. But you guys probably don't remember that because you don't remember anything. Um, So anyways, Gray is like 27. She's a working actor. And I would describe her to be very resilient, hardworking, and she is very sarcastic. And I think that's what pairs her. That's what makes her so good with Ethan, because Ethan, who is at a level of fame that so few people reach. He is like a supernova of like a guy within the industry. He like reached so much fame very young, quickly fell into drugs, alcohol partying, and then he like loses his best friend in a tragic way in a car accident that he feels like responsible for. He goes through this very messy public divorce. So Ethan is like really down in the dumps when he meets Gray. And I feel like a lot of people in his life are like treating him with kid gloves, except for Gray. The first meeting that they meet to like discuss their arrangement to start fake dating. Um, He 
expects her to be this like kind of shallow actress like this girl who just like wants to like be famous and then she starts to talk and he's like oh that's that's not who she is like he tries to pull a fast one on her is late very rude and she like refuses to put up with it and I think that uh speaks a lot to her character like she is scrappy and works hard and like wants to have a good career I don't know like I think of Gray and I think she's fucking funny like there are so many moments when her and Ethan are going back and forth they have such a good banter and she will call him out on his shit and I think that's exactly what he needs now Ethan's personality yeah you know he's a little down in the dumps it's almost like he's an addict who is grieving and struggling very very hard throughout this book yes Brandy would you like to say something Yeah, I don't think that we're saying that like him being down in the dumps was the issue. I think there was like that wasn't explored very well. His addiction? No, like the fast, like his personality is one faceted. Like he's just miserable. And I think that we can look at other examples of characters who are struggling with alcoholism, Lauren Hill, where his character is multifaceted. Interesting. I would say, anyways. I think Ethan is a very caring person who's dealing with a lot of demons. There's even a point where his ex-wife, Nora, is like he has so much pain. He just does not know how to hold it well. And that line will always stick with me. Um, So, yeah, I think they have great personalities and they're matched really well. And now, of course, I'm losing my train of thought because I'm looking at you guys being all fucking smug at my face. (laughs) (laughs) I okay I I will I will say that with Ethan maybe like uh, that m- mm. one faceted thing oh. can be I can see that but to say that Gray doesn't have a personality I'm like this girl she's funny she's resilient she's hardworking she's a great friend she's such a good friend in this book she calls Ethan out on his bullshit and that's exactly what he needs in his she life she has like, m- more of a personality than he does easily so yeah let's walk back your statement of saying they don't have personalities both of them because she clearly does and she has mommy issues and i am someone that will always latch on to someone that has mommy issues you guys know this i i will give you that gray has way more of a personality than mm-hmm. Ethan. i agree with kayla yes but what about them together as a couple because okay so here's here's the thing mm-hmm. the the thing is is like when i read this book the first like a bit of this book i actually quite enjoyed but mm-hmm. it's when they come to palm springs now granted palm springs mm-hmm. was a great scene right all that was great but then suddenly it's like a weekend a couple of days that they're together yeah right and then all of a sudden they're like oh my god i love you huh okay so what um yeah. That's so where my oh, issue started as well. Since, again, you don't remember, a lot of time takes place in this book. And it's actually the reason why I love it because I feel like so many romance novels are condensed to like a week, a month, but like months take place over this book. And essentially, like years take place but if we you don't count the entire those. time jump. I'm, okay, hold on. Okay, so go by on. the time they get to Palm Springs, they've already been fake dating for like two months. And they're, they've been spending a lot of time together. They have to go on all these public outings. And I agree, yeah, we don't see all of them, but I think we see the important ones. So there's one when they go to this movie premiere and Ethan's like, you know, being Ethan, he's trying to keep her at arm's length because from the moment that he met her, he's been attracted to her. And to him, he's like, anyone I get close to either ends up dead or ends up hating me, his best friend and ex-wife included, right? Or anyone that's close to him is someone that he pays. So he's trying to keep Gray at arm's length. So they go to this movie premiere that they're like contractually obligated to go to. And she runs into her ex-boyfriend who cheated on her. Like, and it was all in the press. Like, that's one of the only moments that she's been in the press. And it was humiliating for her. And her ex-boyfriend's trying to, like, talk her up. 
and this is when like fake dating is at its best when like they have to like when they can like be protective but use the disguise of like I'm your boyfriend to do so so he goes up to her and her ex-boyfriend and Ethan is like the most famous person in the room and he just kisses her to like shut that guy up and obviously they're like oh it's a fake kiss but it feels real and that was really sweet so that's a moment and then you fast forward a little bit um, and again this is all before Palm Springs she has a big audition coming up that's why they're entering this fake relationship so that way she can get her name out there more that way she can land this movie and she's been staying in his house like once a week so that way they can be photographed like she, her leaving and coming she's staying in his house again he's like been trying to ignore her doesn't want to like get too close and she's like hey like I have this chemistry read coming up can you help me and he's like yeah this guy has not acted in so long his little drunk ass and he <laughs> helps her and as actors like chemistry is so important like it can make or break like two characters right and so the fact that they were able to do this chemistry read and it felt so real between them like they could feel it and then again it got really intense towards the end because the scene ends in like a kiss and they go for it and he's like well like that's like this is too much and then they go to palm springs so there were incidents in which they were spending time together building a relationship we don't see a lot of it but the thing is i feel like if we saw every little thing it would have dragged especially in the first 50 percent of that book before they got to palm springs there's also even a time when he cooks her breakfast and this is actually one of the funniest moments i think in the book and because he's so dramatic and like so like self-loathing he wanted her to like save her breakfast she's like no like i'm just gonna leave and he's like oh well like do you want out of the contract like is it me like am i ruining things and she's like god stop being a drama queen like i'll save her breakfast jesus and that was just so funny and i think that like helped ethan show like okay this girl like obviously isn't going anywhere and i think she would be good for me and then they go to palm springs and that's where it deepens their relationship oh my god all right so (laughs) i will say like i think these isolated moments that you're describing were sweet moments but for me it was always one step forward three steps back in this book with Ethan because like I think the amount of time that you're talking about that this book takes place over sometimes works against them because I'm like what do you mean you're gonna have this kiss and then you're not gonna talk to her for three weeks and like barely look at her and ignore her when she's in your house like I think he's rude over you said that she she sleeps over but like Mm -hmm. during those times most of those times she she vividly and I remember this I don't remember a lot, but I remember this. She is like, I never saw him. So like she like doesn't see him all the time mm-hmm. when she's even there, when she's staying at his house to be photographed. She doesn't even see the man. Yeah. So, but they are that. still going on other outings. Yeah, but and there's only like a handful. One another. There's a handful. Again. It's not like they're out together all the time. This is the chemistry thing yes. that I'm talking about. Like, why wouldn't Ethan want to be around her if he's but, so attracted to her? I just told you he doesn't want to hold her close because he doesn't. I literally said he in his mind, he's like, if I get close to her, she's going to end up hating me. Or like he holds so much guilt over his best friend dying and over his public messy divorce. He doesn't want her close because he doesn't want to hurt her. And like, how are, that's like, so chemistry? clear. What are you talking about? How are they? You know what? They have so much in common, too. Like, I, they, I think that's what makes them so good together. And that's how they're able to, like, work. When I think about them what I love is that they, if you think about it, they've been in the industry for the same amount of time, right? She started as a kid actor. He started in his, in his teens and there's an age gap between them, like 11 years. So like same amount of time in the industry. And there are moments when they're talking, when she can just be like, Oh, like, you know, this, or like, you know that. And like, there's just a level of understanding that they both automatically have from working in the same industry, but coming at it from different ways. And I think that's what 
provides them with like a level of ease and comfort with each other like they didn't have to spend a lot of time like oh what do you do for work like what do you da, da, da. like it was just already there like there was already so many naturally built in like conversations with them to have i'm sorry we didn't get to see every single last one but it made me it made me happy and again i personally and this could just be like a me thing i liked that there was months leading up to them actually like admitting their feelings and the whole time that like she that they're together like another thing that i love that i think ava wilder does good in both her books is that these are two horny fucking adults like <laughs> Gray makes a, a point to say like she hasn't had sex in years Ethan hasn't had sex in years and they're clearly attracted to each other so even while they're avoiding each other they keep thinking about one another and it's like two months essentially of like sexual tension and build up that does explode once we get to yeah. Palm Springs so I, I personally think they had a chemistry and a good in a good um, what's the word it starts with an R like reper- repertoire oh no rapport. rapport 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 I mean I think yeah, normally, like, them being t- together, quote-unquote, with their fake dating for months would be a realistic timeline. But I just think that because the I- the incidents were so isolated, it just, for me, just didn't seem realistic by the end of Palm Springs. Because, like, when they were not together, they weren't, they weren't together. They were just on their own doing whatever. And so I just don't think that, it, for me, it felt realistic. I- if they would have come away from Palm Springs being like, Actually, like, I really like this person. Like, I want to see if I can give it a shot rather than being like, oh, my God, I'm in love. I love you. Then then I've been like, okay. But no, they came away from so that being like, I love you. Let's let's talk about Palm Springs. Um, because if you, again, you guys don't remember, they did not end Palm Springs together. They actually, like, very quickly have that moment and then it goes south. It's, so It's them. Go ahead. All right. Thinking it. Yeah, but I mean. You guys, we've all read books where the people fall in love in a week. So I just think it's funny that, like, in this book, it happens over the course of two months. And you guys are like, oh. No, no if an author can believable. convince me that they're in love, then they're in love. That's the well, issue. They can, they can, well, Ava Wilder convinced me. Oof. So <laughs> um, Palm Springs is actually, I think, one of my fi- It contains two of my favorite moments in the book. You get, and this is why I like Ava Wilder's writing so much because this book is really trope heavy when you like examine it, like from the outside, like it's fake dating, it's age gap. There's like a, she was, she doesn't get sick, but in Palm Springs, she twists her ankles. Like he has to take care of her. There's only one bed, but she doesn't just write those things in for the sake of like just having them there. Like we all know those books where like, oh, this author's Uh adding one bed just for the sake of it. Like Ava Wilder makes, she just makes it so natural um, to where I'm not like, I'm just always like taking it in and in Palm Springs, like I said, she twists her ankle and they were like, they go to Palm Springs first of all to like have this weekend where they're supposed to be like photographed at like this resort. Um, It'll get them like a lot of publicity and she twists her ankle. And so they can't go to this dinner that they were supposed to go to. And he like picks her up and carries her back to their room. And he's like, okay, like, what do you want? what do you want to eat it's like almost 11 o'clock at night and she's like damn I really want some waffles but like I know the breakfast place is closed like it's okay like just order me a burger and so like you know time passes he comes back with the room service tray while she's like in bed trying to nurse her ankle and she opens up the room the tin and it was waffles he ordered her waffles and he's she's like how did you do this and he's like I think you're forgetting I'm very famous and that's another thing that I love like if you are gonna write a famous person who's super rich make them use their celebrity for good and for the person it just I'm like hell yeah of course if you're gonna you're gonna bribe people for her you're gonna like treat her well like 
oh, that's what I love about Rich Man. So he got her waffles. I thought it was just like so sweet because she said it in like passing. And, and that's another reason why I think Ethan is so great because he listens to like the little things that she says and he turns them into big moments for her. And Palm Springs is also when they finally have sex. And like, again, they've been like horny this entire <laughs> book. And oh my God, I was like shook because I wasn't expecting this book to actually have any smut. Um, Cause A, it's trad published and like, Ava Wilder's I don't know how to describe like her writing style is very like neat to where it reads like you know you just won't get any smile I thought it was going to be like a closed door fade the black but no we get this like super hot in my opinion mutual masturbation scene where they had just like spent the whole day like they haven't gone anywhere because of her ankle and she and she finds out that she landed like the role to her movie and so they're like celebrating in the hotel room they're drinking she's getting a little high and she's like you know what i want ethan like i want him so bad and again he's trying to like keep his distance which i don't have to go over why that is again um and so they like make out a little but then he like is like no like i don't think this is a good idea so then she goes in her bed but like leaves the door cracked open and so he's on the couch and she like starts masturbating and she can hear that he too is like masturbating on the couch and they finish and like they're like hearing each other and they finish together so hot and then the next day she's like I think we should just fucking get it out of our systems like she was so bold about it which is another thing that I like like she was never timid about her want for Ethan and that's exactly what they do they fuck up and down that Palm Springs villa um, and it's very hot until it's not which it turns into a very sad thing because the paparazzi were there and they actually photographed them having sex all over the villa, took nude photographs of them without their permission. And it gets leaked to the press while they're in Palm Springs. Once they've agreed, like, okay, like, I think, you know, this could be something like we should definitely go back and try. Gray realizes that like these photos are out before Ethan does. And she immediately starts packing her stuff to go. And he, and that's Gray's thing is that she does not trust very easily. So the minute she's about to let Ethan in, she lets this one thing blow away all the progress that they made and he was like were you trying to leave like in the middle of the night and she's like yeah and she freaks out and she leaves and then the moment when she says like I'm in love comes in an interview that comes out like a few weeks later and she's talking to this reporter and she's like the reporter's like oh like you and Ethan aren't together anymore and she's like yeah no like I just can't believe that it was like that this is happening to me that someone took like my private moment she like loses the movie deal that she had and I, she's like, I can't believe I'm being punished for essentially like falling in love. That's when the falling in love comes for the first time post Palm Springs. Um, and then we get to her birthday party. But I'll, I'll leave some room for you guys to, to say anything right then and there. We said that, that Palm Springs was a great little bit. Yes. And that's where the love comes. And also in Palm Springs, that's when they talk the most, too. Like, that's when he opens up to her about Sam and, like, why he feels so guilty. Because until that moment, we really don't know why he felt guilty. Because he called his best friend and creative partner out one night when he was drinking and, like, going through it with his wife. And then his friend left the bar and gets in a car accident and dies. And then Gray actually opens up to Ethan about, like, her time in the industry and how she feels like she's been very, like, undervalued. um, And how she's worked really hard. And that leads to my all-time favorite moment later on at her birthday party. But they just open up to, they opened up to each other really well. So one thing I haven't heard you talk about at all throughout Mm -hmm. this whole conversation. I already know what you're going to say. Probably been talking about 30 minutes or so. Ethan has kids, Kendra. (laughs) Yeah, Ethan does have kids. Did you guys know that Ethan has kids? 
Yes, we do know that Ethan has kids. It's actually so funny. So Ethan has kids. And at the beginning of the book, when they're signing their contract, he says, I don't want my kids involved in this any way. I'm not denying that he's a deadbeat dad. It's almost like it's on purpose that he's a deadbeat dad because he's an alcoholic, barely gets to see his kids. Like he he's purposely a deadbeat dad. No one's ever saying like, oh, my God, Ethan's a great dad. I have never said he's a great dad. He is a deadbeat dad. Like there's a moment when he gets so drunk where he misses his weekend and his wife is like, I had so many plans. His ex-wife was like, I had so many plans. Like you can't keep doing this to me. Like he is a deadbeat dad. And it's yeah. there's a moment when he's telling Gray like, oh, um, the best moment in life was when my kids were born. Like they're such great kids. And she's like, yeah, I wouldn't know. Like I'm contractually obligated like not to even see them. So like no one's denying he's a bad dad. But I think like, the thing is, is it would have helped me a lot more with Ethan's character if he had had moments with his kids and he like. But did. my thing is, those moments would have been bad. His best or his favorite moment was like when his kids were born. Yeah. Was it like uh, it, you just don't ever see them? And I understand. I understand that he, you know, is an alcoholic and he probably shouldn't always be with them. But you can still have really heartfelt moments or even like angsty moments like if he's with his kids you know and think he's thinking about how much he loves them or something and now he wants to get better for them blah, blah blah like I don't know something but like we see them like how many like maybe twice once or twice I can't really remember because because I don't remember this book that I just well. but yeah that's the thing I just we just like yeah, never even it like I'm not I'm not them. denying that he's like I'm not saying that he's a good dad. Like, I agree. Like, he's a bad dad. But he's also failing at every other thing in his life. Like, it's not just he's a bad dad. He's a bad employer. Like, he employs his nephew, barely spends any time with him, like, treats him like shit. Like, treats his ex-wife like shit. It makes it hard to root for him sometimes. Yeah, I also just, like, did you guys go in thinking, like, because, like, I know, like, I looked back at my TikTok video and I was like, yeah, like, he's a single dad, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's factual. But did you guys go in thinking that, like, he was going to, like, be, like, a typical, like, romance hero single dad? Like, I I thought the kids were going to play a much larger part. I kind of don't understand why she even made him a yeah. single dad. Like, Nora could have existed as his ex-wife and somebody he was very deeply in love with and has mm-hmm. great respect for, like he does in this book, without them having kids. And I don't think, I honestly think it would have made the story better because I don't really see the point of writing those kids in. Yeah, if, if you would just if he's just going to neglect him because it does nothing for his character for me. Yeah, I feel like if you took out the kids, the story would be pretty much exactly the same. I don't know. I think I I disagree because uh, I think a reason because he and Nora the reason why they were fighting so much was because of the custody battle, and I think it gave him something to earn at the end of the book because at the end when he's finally sober and has come back from rehab and is talking to gray like the thing that he's most proud of which again like we don't see this but he's like what does she say he's like nora is going to redo our custody agreement and that makes him so happy like i'm finally going to be able to see them now more so again the reason why another reason why we did not see those kids so much is because he legally was not allowed to see those kids a lot I, of the time. <laughs> and i'm not saying that like that's not a great part because it is i just think like him being a father wasn't utilized to the best of his abilities. I'm not saying that mm-hmm. his character just, should have been different. So I just think if, that 
if the kids were involved more, how did you see that even playing out? Because I think if you saw more of the kids, it just would have made you pissed off more at him. Like you want to see that's what the I'm kids, saying. Like, like I don't even think the kids like. Well, that's the thing is like I I know it maybe it's realistic that there are people out there who are neglecting their kids. I don't want to read about it in a romance book. Like if yeah. she was gonna utilize those kids, I wanted more moments like Kayla was saying. Like they don't even have to be in there, but like he could be thinking about them. He barely ever even thinks about them. And I mean, it's third person, so he doesn't have POV. But like he could have been sitting there, you know, in his self-loathing. He could have mm-hmm. spent more time loathing the fact that he was a shitty dad. Like if they are gonna be there, I wish like he that would have been a bigger driving force in his want to get better than the fact that it was losing gray. And maybe it was everything at once. And that's why he decided to get better. Maybe it wasn't just gray, but I, I mean, I could see the argument, but I just like, I wish he would have thought about them more because it made it hard for me to root for him at times and the way he treated his nephew. And I know that like she's writing a flawed character and I, that might work for some people. And I think he could have been flawed, but still loved his kids more. I think he did love his kids. I just don't think like, he knew how to show it like i i would never question whether or not he loved his kids that was, i'd never question that throughout because even the moment that we see of him being a, like with the kids it's like when they're at the kids come to his house and that's when the kids meet gray for the first time he was like so attentive and they like had this whole day like playing in the pool and yeah that is just like one moment but i don't know like i never questioned whether or not he loved his kids i think he did love his kids i just think Again, his addic- his addiction and his everything else was just beating his ass more. That's just the reality of it. Yeah, and I think like in this book, I think this is a character who is a single dad. This isn't a single parent romance, obviously. Yeah. So I think I'm just really used to like anytime I'm reading about a parent in a book, like they're sitting there thinking like the, almost the entire book will center around how much they love their kid and want to like build that life for them and be the best for them. And that's just not what this book was. And I'm Mm -hmm. not saying I expected it to be a single parent romance, but I think it it was just like a hard pill for me to swallow that like he's not constantly thinking about his kids. Yeah, Yeah. it's different than other single dads, but I think that's why. For me, it made it hard for for me to root for him at times. Yeah, yeah, I think that's just why I liked it. And I mean, not not that he was a bad dad, but I just think it. I just think like yeah, like it was different, and like I don't know, it just felt very very real like Ethan and Gray as characters like their whole journey like even his relationship with his ex-wife felt very like real like they weren't mad at each other but they didn't necessarily like like each other like I don't know I feel like it could have gone totally south because you know so many times when you get like ex-wives in books yeah they're the like, bitch who ruined his life yeah yeah or she's like the best like she's his best friend and like she's always involved and like just once I'm just like no like there has to be a neutral ground and I feel like Ava Wilder found that neutral ground between them Speaking of his his rehab, we kind of touched on it a little bit, but mm-hmm. normally, like, I don't mind a time jump in books, and obviously, this was obviously a very necessary for Ethan to do, like, I'm not saying that, but I think what was hard for me at the end of this book is that, again, like we mentioned in our opening statement, that we don't really get to see a lot of his growth throughout rehab. We're just told that by the, that he comes back and he's, like, better. And so I just wish that I personally saw more of that growth and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure, but again, since you were the one that reread that we don't get his point of view after he comes back. It's just through Gray's POV. Correct. Is that true? Yeah. That's for me, that's another issue. And that for me, I think I would have been fine. I am fine not having seen him in rehab because obviously there's just like a lot of sacred work that happens in treatment facilities, but 
I would have liked to see his point of, I want to know what, what yeah. was he thinking when he came back to her? Why did he feel ready? Like what changes happened in his head? I don't know. I, I, again, like I, it didn't bother me that we didn't, we didn't see it. And I think why is because when they go to talk after her play and he sits her down and he's like, um, I feel like we just saw the work that he did in rehab pay out. And I feel like that's the most important part because he sits her down. He's like, hey, like I finally finished like the script that me and Sam had been working on his creative partner, like the thing he's been trying to get off the ground the entire time. And he's like, I really like what? How about you star in it? And like I direct it. And like he has this like vision of like how it's meant to be. And Gray looks at him and she's like, no, like I don't want to do that I don't want to be your muse I want to be your partner and seeing Ethan process that in real time and accept it and move on and be like you're right like I don't know I feel like it that moment in and of itself just made me really happy because I was like yes he's out of rehab and like yes he's doing better but there's still work to be done and I feel like he will always be evolving and changing because there's even a moment where he's like trying to be like super self-deprecating when he's reuniting with Gray and he like stops himself and he's like wait nope not supposed to do that anymore like I'm not supposed to talk shit about myself anymore and I don't know that just made me it made me happy seeing how far he had come like yes even though like we weren't shown from his point of view but we still saw it and that made me happy still wish we would have got his but can I tell you guys my favorite moment in the entire book yeah oh god do we got 15 more minutes go ahead yes oh my gosh when it's your turn Kayla and you want to (laughs) defend it's not my fault that I love this book and I can talk about it for a long time my favorite moment in the entire book so in palm springs right gray opens up about like her first experience on a movie set and how she was a body double in a movie that was essentially like the parent trap but when she goes to the premiere of the movie as a kid like no one knows that she's in the movie because she was just a double so she did all this work but like didn't get to like reap the reward of it and she tells ethan this and so after palm springs they like broken up and he shows up at her birthday party like wanting to get her back and like they have this really in my opinion beautiful love confession and he's like okay i got you um a birthday present and she doesn't open it until after he leaves and it is the movie poster from that film but he had to like track down her original like test shots from it like her photos and he recreated the poster with her and like put her name on it so that way she could finally see herself like in that spotlight that like she never got to see and that to me was just so sweet and so tender because like she just said that in passing like she had already moved on from it like in Palm Springs like and the fact that he like I don't know just took note of it and like did something about it just made me so happy and it was just so it was just so sweet like it yeah was just he ate that one little moment. thing right it was just he sweet. ate that one little thing <laughs> i was like oh ethan like again like using your celebrity for good because i'm pretty sure like tracking down those photos were like not easy he probably had to make a lot of calls and it was just good and before that he like paid twenty thousand dollars to this random photographer that like caught them like making up at her birthday party and like took a photo of them he chased the photographer down um and he comes back and, he, and gray's like what did you do and he's like oh i just paid him a 20 and she's like twenty dollars he's like no twenty thousand that's how much he was gonna get for the photo and she's like you just spent twenty thousand dollars like to protect me like that it was just it was just sweet like he was a sweet guy with her he was sweet mm-hmm. well kendra i'm so glad that you loved this book i did i did and again this is my first ava wilder book yeah and i want to be clear that all of us have read will there won't they and really really like love that book so yeah i thought it was really we good we love that book i think that one never mind i, think I don't want to say will they, i'll, I'll say this i think 
no, no, no. It won't make me upset. I think will they or won't they is much more focused on the romance, right? Where so much of how to pick it in Hollywood, it's it's romance, but like so much of that book is about Ethan and his addiction that like I think Ethan as a character to me is way more interesting than Shane and like you spend because you spend more time like in Ethan's psyche where Shane it's like it's Shane and what's her name Lila like that yeah. is the story whereas when How to Figure in Hollywood it's you have Ethan and Gray and then you have Gray's story and then you have Ethan's story and their individual journeys so I think well there won't be it's just more romance heavy and I like my I like it my is romance more romance heavy death. It, uh, are you saying that book doesn't have any depth no death. it does but I just oh depth Depth. Oh, okay. I thought you said yeah, death. I was like, I was like what? <laughs> no, I like my romance with a little bit more. Like, I like romance with, I think with a Will lot of depth. Like, I like has depth. It does, but I feel like How to Pick in Hollywood has more because it's just more focused on their individual like journeys. I think like the depth. I ugh, I think How to Pick in Hollywood has a lot of potential. Um, had a lot of potential for me, and the depth wasn't the issue for me. It was what we said like the lack of chemistry as maybe created by that additional depth like if we got to spend more time with the couple if the book was a little bit longer which I she probably didn't have a whole lot of control of because it's trad published but mm-hmm. if it was like a little bit longer and we spent more time with them like actually falling in love with each other I think I could have been more on board well they had chemistry to me also one other thing that I said this in in my TikTok sorry Kayla to just keep fucking talking <laughs> Ava Walder wrote a world i said this earlier like it felt so real but there this so many of the characters are um what am i trying to say multicultural different ethnicities different sexualities and it all felt natural so many times authors just put that there and you're like uh mm-hmm. of course they included a gay character but like we have a non-binary character we have a successful black director ethan's ex-wife is asian married to like a hispanic director like i don't know it all just felt very nice so like me reading a debut from an author and seeing that come off in my opinion flawlessly like i'm sorry i gotta give you flowers or flowers is due because that's i usually have to beg for that shit and she could have easily made everyone in this book pasty white and she mm-hmm. did not and that made me happy yeah sorry to bore you guys oh, oh my god. god you're not boring us. you guys oh look miserable god. you're dramatic every time we talk tape. about this book <laughs> Yeah, every time we talk about it, it's just yeah, it's just every time we talk talk ad nauseum about a book that not all of us like, which is yeah. rare. And it makes me happy that I I do know a lot of people that do like this book, so I feel yeah. validated I mean, yeah. even without you guys. I feel like Brandy and I are in the minority, so I'm gonna be really honest. This whole conversation makes me want to reread just to like mm. see if my points stand or if Kendra's points stand. Maybe I will. Yeah, do it with your eyeballs this time. It, I don't it think you make me want to, but that's okay. <laughs> okay that's fair kayla is your book gonna be two wrongs make a right i don't know what mine's gonna be i have to I read it first it have you read oh, yeah. a chloe lee's book Mm-mm. i honestly don't know if whether or not you're like it because i feel like i'm very either. much in the minority of her i don't I mean, like her I, writing those wrongs, new covers oh they're stunning i want to read it more they're great i love those, those new covers. initial covers are but yeah. ass ugly. I mean, yeah. but this this was my I, I will say the difference between Kendra and I with two wrongs is that that was my first Chloe Lisa book. And that was Kendra's like what third or fourth after having mediocre a mediocre time with her other books. So Yeah, I think she does a great job with the diversity, but the plots always are just they make me want to wring her not ring her neck, ring the characters. <laughs> <laughs> two wrongs make a right is I, fake dating, revenge fake dating. So. Yeah. I like we don't have to talk about it now. I know. We don't. I didn't give it five stars, though, just to be very clear. 
So you were talking about it like you did. The case of How to Fake in Hollywood is now closed. As far as the verdict, we'll let the people decide. Yeah. I think people will be pretty split. Like, I've seen plenty of people be like, you know, this book wasn't that great. And I've seen people who absolutely love it. So, yeah. Actually, really? I, I haven't seen that many people not love it like you. But I, I don't know. Maybe I'm following different people. Yeah, we'll see. But we'll I loved see. it. I think I think more people do like it than yeah than not i will say that i just want to reiterate that kayla and i did not hate this book we just yes. not did not love it as much as kendra did and yeah. we are dramatic people so we make that like, the biggest deal come, possible don't come literally i'm like we're about to get like hate dms <laughs> question right. question for you guys though is it harder sometimes do you think when like the group of us reads a book that somebody else loves and we feel we're just like mm, about it versus if we were just to like just not like it like at all like sometimes I feel like it being okay sometimes hurts more only because I don't know because you had such strong feelings about it do you get what I mean I don't know when I recommend a book to you guys and you don't like enthusiastically like it or love it it feels the same to me as if you hate it so exactly that's what I mean yeah so like I wish you would have never read it when that happens like the winter king Kayla I wish you never read that book versus like i'm i mean obviously i'm glad you didn't hate it because that wasn't so that wasn't like a ridiculous waste of your time but it doesn't make it even slightly better to me me that it's just okay get me company on my road trip all right what about you do you think the same yeah i mean but i feel that way even about not just you guys like strangers like i'll be on instagram and i'll see people like they'll read a book that i just was just recently raving about And they'll be like, oh, this book sucked. And I'm like, oh, my God, just call yeah. me a slur next time. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. I take it I take it so personal. And then I have to, like, check. Because I, I just have to check myself. I'm like, Kendra, it's literally a book. Like, <laughs> But it's, it just hurts more when you, like, are attached to the characters and, like, yeah. you love them. Because then it feels like a personal yeah, a slight. Yeah. Well, let us know on our Instagram on this post for this episode about defend a book let us know who you think won we are at Mm -hmm. bring your own pod um all of our personals are linked in that bio if you want to check out our personal bookstagrams but this was so fun hopefully no friendships were ruined in the process of making this episode no and um i am very excited for ava walder's 2025 release oh my god sounds Sounds so good is she really not releasing one at all next year no um, which you know trad publishing how it works yeah, yeah, yeah. but i am super excited so yeah. if you have not read ava wilder sorry we just spoiled this entire book for you <laughs> um but you should definitely check her out i think she's a great writer and i can't wait to see what else she does in her career mm-hmm. and there there's really good ethan and gray slash shane and lila fan art that you can find on her instagram oh my god it's so good it is it's very good all right, bye guys. Bye. bye.